the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. You know what cool is? You're looking at Nothing beats me. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Ringside News, Sports Kita, The Sportster, and The Richest. I am Lee Walker, and I am joined by the Perch correspondent. He's been to over 113 shows, and... Uh, for the month of July, he's literally going to be uh, a roadie, so to speak, following and traveling AEW for the month of July. The Perch correspondent at In Justin We Trust on YouTube, Justin Largito. Justin, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Yeah, and you got that right. I will be a roadie practically for AEW in the month of July, but uh, I will not be with my baby tonight as the uh, the roadie always used to like to sing on his way to the ring. Uh, literally, AEW announced four, or technically two Dynamites, along with Rampage, and two Collisions, and a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, all in the span of a week and a half, and it's all around me. So, you know what I have to do in that case. Attend every show. Exactly. Show up everywhere. Put it on a shirt. You might as well get a green shirt, Justin. Well, I mean, you know what? It's funny. <laughs> the whole shirt idea. So at work, when I talk about this and I kind of give stories about my trips, uh, we had the idea to make a world tour shirt for me. And my idea was a nice little uh, caricature of myself, my beautiful face, uh, pointing at a globe like I do in photos with uh, wrestlers and meet and greets. So maybe we'll, maybe I'll have to make that up. <laughs> you know, and speaking of meet and greets, uh, I know Saturday you'll be in uh, New Jersey for the Wrestling Classic. Uh, I won't be in New Jersey, but I'll be in Springfield, Mass. for the Wrestling Classic. Oh, that's where it is. I forgot where it was. There's so many freaking things going on. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's got a great lineup. Yeah, D- that's got a great lineup ddp kurt angle the godfather a very rare appearance as she's been making the rounds recently alicia fox it's gonna be real cool so um looking forward to that it's unfortunate this this is the first convention where you've had some AEW talent pulled through to collision so no powerhouse hobs and no guns. So I, I did see that. I did see that. It does kind of suck, but you know, superstars get pulled all the time. And speaking of superstars getting pulled, Justin, uh, one has been pulled from a few things. 
little little rumor mill here. He spits in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Carlito has reportedly signed with WWE, and uh, we first found out because uh, he runs the Hannibal YouTube channel, uh, Hannibal TV, uh, came out and said that Carlito's canceled his uh, July, was it 15th appearance with uh, GN, yeah, GNW or whatever it is for a wrestling show. Uh, Hannibal TV, that's the, I believe it's the company he runs or is part of or something like that with the Blood Hunter. He does that whole gimmick. And uh, just really interesting uh, because shortly after that, we saw a local, at least local to us, promoter who was having Carlito for signings July 8th and 9th has also canceled those appearances as well. So that's interesting. Uh, however, Justin, before we decided to go on air, uh, you had an announcement regarding Carlito. Yes. Yeah, so upon all the dates that have been canceled involving Mr. Body Guy Lito, uh, he is still advertised for tonight's uh, House of Glory show. I believe it's in Jamaica, New York, uh, somewhere in that New York City area. Uh, but he will still still be on that show, and he is still scheduled for a meet and greet. So it could be his last. So if you have the chance, check out House of Glory if you want a chance to meet Carlito and you know see him perform live. Yeah, it could be his last independent showing. Uh, I'm a huge Carlito fan, Justin. He, uh, I'll never forget when he went to with his uh. Epico and Primo to induct his uh, father, Carlos Colon, into the WWE Hall of Fame. Carlito got a huge, massive pop. And then, as we saw recently, part of uh, the WWE Premium Live event, uh, it was a backlash that was at uh, Puerto Rico. He showed up with the LWO shirt and, and you know came out ringside and everything like that. So that was really cool. And he got a massive pop there. He's in great shape for, you know, for, he's 44 years old, phenomenal shape. Obviously you can still go in the ring. So I'm very excited. And obviously fans remember who he is because you don't get, you, you don't get pops like that. And fans don't remember you. Sorry, Lita. God damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm right, I'm right there along with you. Uh, Look, Carlito left AB in 2010, or I should say he was released uh, for a number of reasons, whether it be his unhappiness with the creative direction at the time. I also believe he had a, a painkiller addiction issue at the time as well. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Uh, yeah, the dude left AB and he got jacked, and he got jacked quick. Uh, he's been on the indies since leaving AB, what is it, 13 years now, which is crazy like you brought up he did show up for the hall of fame induction for carlos cologne back in 2014 uh he did have a appearance in the royal rumble in the thunderdome 
back in 2021. And then he had a match the next night on Raw, a tag match with Jeff Hardy against Elias. And let me know if you remember this name, Jackson Riker. Uh, and most recently, we saw him show up at Backlash in Puerto Rico. And the guy gets a massive reaction every time. He's popular. He's over. People remember him. And, you know, for as long as the guy's been around in the wrestling business, he can still go at the level probably even better than he was when he first showed up on the scene in WB. So I'm excited to see Carlito back. Let's get a Carlito elite because we still haven't even got one yet. Uh, let's see Carlito in the next 2K game. Like all, all this stuff I'm excited to see and I can't wait. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff in regarding that too. You know, even if he like only signs like a Legends deal or something where we can get the action or heritage, whatever they call it, where, you know, we're getting the new t-shirts and action figures and, you know, he's making appearances in the company because we also know that one of my personal favorite tag teams signed one of those contracts. Mosh and Thrasher, the headbangers. You know, they were a attitude era tag team, former WWF tag team champions. Uh, Real men wear skirts. If you remember that T-shirt, I remember it. They were they were literally my favorite tag team. They were uh, really really cool to watch. Uh, had a phenomenal tag team finishing move move with the uh, power bomb leg drop at the same you know simultaneously, uh, which was really really cool to watch. I actually wrote an article top ten best tag teams and put that in there, and uh, they had quote tweeted and everything like that. I I wrote it for. Uh, the richest. It's a good article, actually. Now that I think about it, Kenny Omega wasn't too happy because uh, he and uh, Abushi's uh, finishing move, uh, the Golden Shower, I ranked uh, third, and he thought it should have been ranked number one. And in all fairness, the the video I first watched when I very first saw that tag team finishing move. I only thought it was Kenny Omega doing a 450. I didn't even realize there was a second person until they like both hit the guy. And I was like, holy crap. Where did he come from? I was like, did Kenny Omega just like have some like sort of like video game, like second persona, just like appear like out of nowhere to like help with this finishing move. And like, then just absorb back into Kenny Omega. Like, is that what I saw? And I watched it again. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So, you know, that was pretty cool. But Carlito back in WWE would be really, really awesome. Um, I would say if there is anyone that I would like to see come back with him, it's all about the Master Lock Challenge, baby. I'd love to see Chris Masters back and see the two of them. Yeah, man, you know what? I, I fucking agree with you on that. I Chris Masters has actually kind of been popping up in my head a lot. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, so maybe that's part of the reason, too. And I saw I recently did an interview with Chris Van Fleet, and I was kind of watching some of the clips of that. And I wouldn't be opposed to having Chris Masters back for, like, one last run. It's not like he's, you know, been out of the wrestling business. He's currently in NWA right now, actually, is Chris Adonis. Yeah. But, you know, that was an underrated tag team, too, for uh, that short time, Carlito and Chris Masters. Yeah, it really was. It it, it seriously was. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting on 
the interview to drop with ESPN on CM Punk. I'm sure you've read about that, right? I've looked a little bit into it. I, I'm not. Has anything come out of like what's been said about it, or it's just kind of this interview things, so far? Things have been brought up. Supposedly, um, he said he wouldn't say anything negative about AEW anymore. Apparently, like signed it in his contract, he wouldn't bash the company or like bash others he works with. I guess I don't know if that's oh, true. Wow. Or if that's a... what a novel concept. Don't don't bash the company you work for. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um. It is, I guess, known that he does bring up Adam Hangman Page and openly says he doesn't like him. Uh, apparently, he does talk about others, and I'm guessing it's the elite. Uh, all I know is is supposedly that there's going to be a lot of unhappy people, which could even include a Tony Khan. Because apparently CM CM come back to TV. Apparently CM Punk like clears the air and tells like his side of the story. So whatever that means, you know, in regarding to I'm guessing with uh, happened with him and you know the elite backstage. So yeah, that's dropping. So we're gonna you know can't wait to hear about it. Man, you know, Collision's an appropriate name for that Saturday AEW show. Yeah, I just really like how they use, like, the old-school WCW Nitro look to it, by the way. Like, are you trying to let us know, like, your demise already, your downfall? It, it does kind of bother me. I'm not... I know a lot... I know there are some people who like it, like, the nostalgia factor behind it. Me, it, it looks way too much like the WCW Nitro logo. It does. It's way too much like it. Um, and really, it's only because of the font and the colors. Right, like, right. you know, and that's it, though. But you really couldn't come up with something different. Like, if you're going for the nostalgia factor, why are you picking a company that Impact Wrestling has lasted longer than? Technically, if you want to think about it. Like, WCW is great. Don't get me wrong. I loved WCW. But I would never go for a nostalgia theme using a company that didn't even last 15 years, technically. Like, ouch. I'm more curious about the ratings because, in my opinion, Saturday night, what is it, Saturdays, 8 o'clock? It's on? It's on, it's on tomorrow at 8 o'clock, right? I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch. It's the first show. And you know they're going to go hard and, you know, try and make it the best first show that they can. But fucking Saturday, 8 o'clock, you know, people are out doing things and drinking. And I don't know. I don't know what people do it from starting a pregame. I don't go out anymore. It's like. You also got to acknowledge the fact WWE. Uh, does their pay-per-views typically on Saturday nights. And from time to time, Impact does their pay-per-views on Saturday nights. Uh, so there's going to be, no pun intended, a collision and a, you know, I can't even think of the word for it, but uh, overlapping schedule with those. And that's not going to help AEW. 
uh, in the ratings with Collision. Like, for example, Impact has been doing their pay-per-views on Friday nights for the most part. I'll be honest, I, I try to keep up with Impact the best I can. There's so much wrestling on right now, and the fact that we're adding two more hours this week, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's it's way too much. And, you know, I, I do I watch SmackDown before I watch the Impact pay-per-view? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's not a good time slot. And if you think I get to fucking Rampage, let me tell you the last time I watched Rampage. It was when I was there. In the fucking building. Other than that, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Rampage. But that show is going to... Rampage, I'm, the, I'm speaking of, not Collision. That show, Rampage, is just going to take a fucking dive. Because I feel like that's going to be what... Uh, dark Elevation and Dark and... Uh, let's be honest, I know a lot of people are going to come at me. What well, Ring of Honor is kind of coming right now. I actually love that you said this. I'm an avid fan of New Legacy Inc. You know those guys on YouTube. They're uh, uh they play video games, uh, wrestling video yeah. games. So, um, Johnny was playing the new AEW game with Evil Uno, and it's the first time they met in person. Yada yada. And they made a joke about Ring of Honor being just like AEW Dark. And they picked a match where it was Paul White. And I think Evil Uno picked uh, John Silver. And they were like, oh, where do you want to have the match? And Evil Uno was like, well, this match has an AEW Dark feel. And they start laughing immediately. And then... uh, And then all of a sudden, Evil Uno uh, Evil Uno just goes, oh yeah, kind of like how Ring of Honor is turning into. By the way, we got 19 matches tonight, and, you know, and just makes a joke. So, He's not wrong, though. No. Nah. And now I can see why Jonathan Gresham left. There's no tech, I, in my opinion, there's no direction for Ring of Honor right now. Especially when Tony Khan said we would start seeing less appearances of Ring of Honor guys in AEW. And that has not happened yet, by the way. Not happened. Not happened at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Ring of Honor just has no identity. And... Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. I I don't know, I don't know what the plan is for Ring of Honor. Obviously, there's probably none right now. But uh, I don't know if you heard this late. Uh, so obviously we know Rampage is taped after Dynamite, and to kind of counteract that, the plan is, and it looks like it's very likely, because if you look at these uh, the event schedule for Collision, the show starts at six o'clock in the afternoon and doors open at five. That's Eastern time, at least. But that's two hours before Collision. The plan is to tape Ring of Honor TV before Collision. 
And I don't agree with that. I think that's a bad idea because I've said, you know, before this weekly Ring of Honor show started that I think if Ring of Honor doesn't have its own identity apart from AEW, then I think it's really going to suffer from that. And I think, you know, in some cases where most weeks it is taped before Dynamite or before Rampage, it it does struggle with its identity and it feels like a second-rate show. Because, look, you have the AEW set, you have the AEW, they, they, they cover all the AEW logos, of course, but it's they just kind of strip everything off. They don't put any Ring of Honor branding on it or anything. And I think it hurts from that because it makes it look like a second-rate show. Yeah, and especially, like, when you see the audience posting uh, videos of the crowd for Ring of Honor, you can clearly tell it's filmed before something. Uh Rather uh, disappointing for Ring of Honor right now, not going to lie. But, you know, Ring of Honor, or at least AEW, got some good news as uh, former Impact writer Jimmy Jacobs was spotted in AEW. What do you think uh, rumor is he's going to be uh, getting a job there? What do you think those chances are? I would say very likely. It'd be good. I'd be happy with it. Uh, I've met Jimmy Jacobs. Had the chance to talk with him and interview him. Really good dude. So uh, I think he'd be a big help for Impact or for AEW. I think it's a big loss for Impact. Um yeah, his departure from Impact kind of came out of nowhere because recently he had just started, I don't know what the hell his role was <laughs> on TV recently. He was kind of like Nick Aldis's personal backstage interview interviewer for some reason. Like it was it would be only him backstage interviewing Nick Aldis. But yeah, it, Jimmy Jacobs kind of departing from the company was out of nowhere because he was literally just on the pay-per-view last week. So, hey, Impact's lost AEW's game in this case, I guess. Yeah, and we're also hearing that uh, Jordan Grace finishing up. And it also looks like Moose could be finishing up with Impact Wrestling as well. That's a biggie. Yeah, so I did hear about that as well, and I, I was kind of thinking about it. Uh, Moose has been with Impact for seven years now, which is, like, really crazy to think about that it's been that long. And, you know, he, he's won the world title. He's had his run with that. Uh, if you remember the Grand Champion Championship in Impact a few years ago, he held that twice where another title where they tried to uh, include MMA rules and rounds, and it, it didn't work out, like, this Heritage Cup and NXT didn't work out, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Moose having a change of scenery. And whether that means he goes to WB, whether that means he goes to AEW, I think Moose can be a star in any company he steps in. Uh, for the longest time, I felt he was you know, presented as the biggest star on Impact TV from week to week. And... You know, if he does decide to step away from Impact, I don't think that's going to be a negative from him. 
for him. I don't think that'll be a or I do think that'll be negative for impact. My apologies. Um, but yeah, Moose will be fine anywhere he goes. And impact on the bright side, they are getting an influx of talent. It seems just from month to month. Yeah, I've I've noticed. Um, you know, and they'd even said in a press release that we would start seeing uh, new talent shuffle in, uh, where you know. They've done this for years where uh, short contracts with people, uh, long-term people leave. Uh, and this is just a, a circumstance of, of that. You know, they, they've, they've got a great mix of talent, great mix of talent, you know, both men and women. So uh, one thing I've loved about Impact is I've noticed bigger audiences, which has been great. And especially since... Uh, they have two new champions uh, with their heavyweight champion and the X division champion, which uh, comes as a surprise as we saw Alex Shelley become your new impact world champion while Chris Saban uh, became the X division champion. Uh, we've known them for over 20 years as a tag team together. Uh, we've seen Chris Saban become a world champion in the past in Impact Wrestling. So I'm actually happy to see Alex Shelley get that chance and become a world champion. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Chris Saban, he's had his run with the world title back in 2013. Uh, Alex Shelley, who is a TNA original, uh, you know, finally getting his big moment was awesome to see. And, you know, what a moment with Saban winning the X Division title and uh, in the process becoming a record nine-time X Division champion, uh, something no one else has been able to do. Uh, you know, it's cool to see. I don't know how long Alex Shelley's title reign is going to last, but, you know, very cool moment, and it was very surprising to see, you know, the title being taken off Steve Macklin so soon, seeing as they built him up for so long for that moment to win the world title. But you, you get no complaints out of me seeing Alex Shelley get, you know, one run with the the TN or my god, the TNA world title, the impact world title. Uh his first defense has been announced for Slammiversary. Uh that will be July 15th, I believe. And he will be defending against Nick Aldis. So We'll see. Is Alex Shelley going to retain the title against Nick Aldis? I don't want to say newcomer Nick Aldis because he's been a TNA world champion before in the company, for Christ's sake. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully Alex Shelley isn't a transitional champion, but you never know. This company has uh, swerved us in the past. Like we always say, TNA is going to swerve, Impact's going to swerve. And they don't even have swerve. Swerve is an AEW. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, Steve Macklin was apparently a transitional champion, which did not see that coming at all. Uh, you think we'll get uh, Alex Shelley versus Chris Sabin, title for title? I like the idea of using option C, where Chris Sabin cashes in the X Division title, and, you know, him and Alex Shelley compete for the world title on maybe like a big uh, Impact Plus event. I don't I don't see them doing it like a Bound for Glory or anything. But I, I think for like a one main event, I think it would be cool. I don't think it, I don't think it would involve you know like one turning on the other. I don't think that has to happen. 
Uh, you know, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, they've fought for titles before. They actually had a great match uh, for the X Division title where Alex Shelley came out on top. It was Genesis 2009, I want to say. Yeah, Genesis 2009, where uh, it was the tournament finals for the vacant title. Uh, so we've seen them face each other before, and I'd be down to see it again for the world title this time. Yeah, I, I'm just excited, man. Like I, I'm just excited for Shelly. So like, I hope this is something that you know it's not transitional or like a, a short reign. I'd like to see them, you know, give, give them something decent. Especially and Saban too, man. They've been there for on and off for twenty plus years with that company since you know basically day one. So I, I'd like to see something decent come out of it, especially for like storyline purposes. And uh, there is one thing I want to bring up. You know how like AEW Impact all have like their belts looking different, but also kind of the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So UFC, the men and women's championships, they're all the same belt. It's all the same. There's no, there's no distinguished difference. There's no nameplate on the bottom. No one has special side plates or anything like that. First, let me ask you this. What did you think of the men's new titles? The, the Undisputed and then Seth with the World Heavyweight. Honestly, man, I, I really do like the two World titles. I, I know... Nobody's really had much of an issue with the world heavyweight that Seth has, other than the big logo in the middle. But that that doesn't bother me. Well, the company's gonna have that big logo on on the title no matter what. So, look, it, it, it's the big gold essentially with the WWE logo on it. It's it's not a big deal. Yeah, I it's like a that more, title and right. It's a more modern of the world heavyweight that we're used to seeing of the big gold that guys like John Cena, Batista and Ric Flair had. I mean, Ric Flair is the one who literally made the had the belt made, you know, back in the NWA days. So personally I like it. I mean, you don't hear UFC fans complain about the big UFC logo in the middle of their belt. And their belts are identical whether it's men or women, and it doesn't even matter what weight class you're in. Every belt is the same. So like right. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, you were obviously a fan of the two men's. What did you think of the women's being the same? Again, I don't mind it. I know they're going for the, you know, the women's title should be equivalent to the men's title. And, you know, I, I'm fine with that. I really don't have an issue with that. Uh, when it comes to Roman's title and Asuka's titles, I know a lot of people were you know, bashing them, the lack of creativity and this, that, and the other. Look, again, like I said with Seth's World Heavyweight, uh, look, they're going to have that big logo in the middle, no matter what you do. And I've seen people throw ideas, oh, they should do the same title, but with a gold strap. Okay, this is essentially what that is. I mean, it's a gold backing on, and then a black strap on the men's title and a white strap on the women's. I, honestly, I feel like there's no pleasing a lot of people, you know, 
and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, you you know you you're you're absolutely right, bro. You're not gonna make everyone happy. Um, like I said, I reference UFC because their men and women's belts are the same. Um, like you have the like AW TBS championship and then the TNT championship. They're different colors in this and that, but essentially they look the same. Right. Just different TNT TBS, just that difference and the colors of the belt. You know, so like it doesn't bother me that they look the same, but like I saw a lot of fans online, uh, including some uh popular wrestling journalists complaining, like hoping, you know, oh, I hope that they were gonna be different and this and that. And I just kind of sat back and just kind of laughed to myself because I was thinking like why would they be different? Like, you should have known they were going to be the same. Right. Like, I mean, unless you want them to go back to like the WWE Divas Championship where it's a big ass butterfly. Right. And you know, like, I was, I was you brought ex- up the TNT title looking the same. Uh, think about like the international and the AEW women's, they're literally the same shape. Same plates, only difference is like the middle, the globe in the middle. Uh, the international has the blue globe with the flags, and then the AEW women's has the black globe. And you know, I really like the women's. Uh, I think the white strap really complements, um, you know, the plates on those titles. So, when it comes to the new designs, and these are just for the men and the women. I would expect we get some new tag titles soon, so it's not Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens carrying around two sets of titles. But we'll see what happens. I'm sure. I'm sure that'll be a black strap with the same plates, but they'll be gold, and everyone will complain about it. So, oh, you mean how they originally looked? Oh, they were bronze. Uh, not, not 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 bronze or copper, or whatever they were, but like yeah. gold. <laughs> yeah, those were those were terrible. And you know, speaking of these championships. They made it kind of clear with the new World Heavyweight Championship that we were going to see someone from Raw hold it, which made no sense why we had a Raw for SmackDown competitor in the finals. I digress on that. But um, they really wanted to make Seth like the workhorse with this championship belt, with the lack of uh, Roman Reigns, so to speak. Uh, we've already seen him defend it what once and then he's defending it against Braun Breaker in NXT it looks like we're getting him and Finn Balor he's doing an open challenge on Raw I mean he was the he's been the workhorse for WWE he's been the workhorse for WWE for quite some time uh he's widely over but did you think that like this far off the you know this close to him winning the championship that we were already going to have like this many title defenses. Cause if you think about it last year, Gunther only defended the intercontinental championship 12 times. And a majority of them were on SmackDown, not even on a premium live event. Right. And that, that's not a knock on Gunther. Gunther has been fucking killing his intercontinental champion and congrats to him. Uh, this past weekend, he actually surpassed one year as the champion and, I think he's en route to break the long, uh, longest reign for the Intercontinental Championship. And what will the honky tonk man do then? Uh, the world may never know, but maybe we will. But, you know, 
you said that Seth, he's pretty much the workhorse champion in the company right now. As far as I see it, Seth has been the workhorse guy in that company for at least the last, what, three, four years, uh, going back to the pandemic, pre-pandemic. Uh, Seth's just on another level. You know, great match after great match, as the brawling roots would say, banger after banger after banger. Uh, but yeah, I'm loving it, man. I, I love the idea of him going back to NXT and, you know, having a match with Braun Breaker. Uh, it may be, you know, different reasons why they're doing that to, you know, boost the ratings up for NXT and, you know, their television rights deals are coming up and they want NXT to be a part of that. Uh, so let's have some main roster talent integrate into this show. But yeah, I I'm loving what they're doing with Seth right now. Uh, I think that World Heavyweight title has a great future and a lot of contenders for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing all the different challengers. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, one of them was Damian Priest who, who answered the challenge. And uh, do you think we're getting a breakup of uh judgment day because it seems lately that finn balor's unhappiness has like really taken over when it comes to the group and i've i've noticed it with damian priest and at one point it was rumored that they wanted to have uh what was it jd take over finn's spot in the group which, you know, would have really, if they do that, be really interesting. He and Finn kind of look similar, I guess, like facial feature wise. And I mean, I'm not, I'm still not down with the, the name change, but you think we'll see uh, Judgment Day continue without Finn? I'm, I'm thinking the other way around. I think this, this is the beginning of Priest breaking off and, you know, really moving up to that main event level. Uh, whether he wins money in the bank or not, if, if it, it comes down to the Raw side, I think he's definitely my top pick. Uh, when it comes to SmackDown, my top pick is the megastar, L.A. Knight. Yeah, let me talk to you. But, uh, you know, with J.D. McDonough on Raw, I definitely feel like I see him moving into Damian Priest's spot. And I, I do like the idea but I do think it's kind of weird to, you know, get rid of your muscle of the group to bring in a guy who's kind of the same size as everyone else and maybe even a little bit smaller. And I hate to use the, the smaller argument because I, I just don't like using it. I, you know, everyone does great, but whether their size or not, and, and I'm not going to bring up Adam Cole, like I know everyone's expecting me to, but uh, yeah, so I am for them losing a member to gain another one because I feel like if you add any more to the Judgment Day, I feel like a lot of people get lost in the shuffle at that point if you have, like, say, five, six, seven people in it. So I'm definitely for losing one to gain one. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Wow. Well put. I, I'm at a I'm at a loss on that one. That's just there's there's nothing else I can add really. I don't think that you just nailed it out of the park. Fucking grand slam right there, baby. Grand fucking slam.
ladies and gentlemen, we would like to send our thoughts and condolences to the family of the Iron Sheik. As we know, we uh, lost the Iron Sheik not too long ago before we could uh, do a tribute show. So uh, with that 10-ball salute we just did, uh, Justin and I are going to share some some stories about the Iron Sheik. I actually, Justin, I actually purchased a figure. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, signed Iron Sheik Retro. I, I have the video because I, I did an unboxing with it. I haven't uploaded it yet. I bought it like literally the day before he passed away. If you remember, like I, I, I had to show you a, basically a timestamp on the purchase from eBay. I do. And I remember my first words, as soon as you showed me that were, you better hope he shipped it. Yeah, he did. He did. He was a man of his word on that one. But, um, We have some great Iron Sheik moments. There's obviously, you know, him passing the title to Hogan where he talks, you know, he was basically told, hey, break Hogan's leg, but, you know, didn't break Hogan's leg and, you know, regrets that he didn't break Hogan's leg. And, you know, there's the story of him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan traveling down the road together, even though they're enemies and kayfabe was still alive, but they were doing cocaine and this and that together and they both got fired. Uh, My personal favorite is you know we know the iron sheik later on being outlandish and outspoken and uh everything to that nature he uh i don't even remember what autograph convention this was but there was an autograph signing and the ultimate warrior was there you can find this clip on youtube it's all over the place and uh the promoter that brought him was like walking him over that way. I guess was uh, it was Eric Sims. We know who Eric Sims is. He he brings wrestlers around, and it was well known that Iron Sheik didn't like the Ultimate Warrior, and the Ultimate Warrior's like right there doing a signing, and he gets mad at Eric Sims for bringing him over that way. But he starts yelling at the ultimate warrior, cursing him out, this and that. Warrior's not really doing anything. He's just still signing and just looking over type deal. He's like, all right, you know, whatever. And then as, 
uh, Eric Sims comes up and tries to pull Sheik away. He gets slapped. And then Sheik like slaps him a few more times. And Justin, if you remember, uh, me, you, and John, and we talk about it a lot, that we want to have t-shirts made of that slap. Bro, I still want to have shirts made. We, I mean, I think it'd be hilarious. So, what the five fingers say to the face, Baba? <laughs> oh shit! You know, uh, a rough, uh, a rough week, I guess, for wrestling because you know we had also just lost uh, superstar Billy Graham and uh, Young Rock has been canceled after three seasons. So ladies and gentlemen, after this episode, you can listen to an interview with uh, Brett Azar, who plays the Iron Sheik and share stories with the Iron Sheik, just like we are here. Um, Justin, I always thought the Iron Sheik's ring gear was interesting when he had like that, um, the purple gear. You know, he had ring gear that had, you know, at the time they didn't make it anything about culture or anything like that with him. At least not until um, we saw him with, like, Sergeant Slaughter and things like that. You know, he had those, like, funky spiked boots where, like, they curled up or whatever. I always remember those. Oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely innervation for ring gear. You know, and then we saw uh, Xavier Woods uh so to speak pay tribute to the iron sheik with his boots for a long time if you remember he wore like the curl like whatever the fuck that was on the boot the uh the curled uh curl tip the curved tip let's say yeah just the tip just the tip you would kick people with just the tip i mean that's what xavier woods did with page but that's another story so uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> you know, some great moments in the Iron Sheik's career. Let's not forget Colonel Mustafa and the manager of the Sultan, WB Hall of Famer, the Sultan. With oh, Bob my God. Yeah, it was him and Bob Backlund. Oh, man. All three of them, Hall of Famers. The Sultan, uh, who obviously you better know as Rikishi, uh, the Iron Sheik, and Bob Backlund. So... What a time. And the Sultan was a terrible gimmick, too. It didn't last long, I remember. No. No. I'm glad he did get get his con- uh, tongue back after it being cut out, and that's why he couldn't speak. So good for Rikishi. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm totally glad he got his tongue back. You would have thought they would have cut it out when he was a head shrinker, though. No, in all serious, uh, Iron Sheik, uh, very sad... Um, you know, a lot of people got their kicks off his uh, Twitter account. I don't know if anyone knows. He didn't actually run the Twitter account. Um, it was the two guys that did his documentary uh, that ran it. So the tweets were hilarious. And, I mean, when you when you heard the Iron Sheik go off on those rants, you know, you would – a lot of people thought that that Twitter account was him. But they also run Virgil's account, too, just so everyone's aware. It's not Virgil tweeting on that account or anything it's a set of brothers um it is weird though because uh iron sheik was a huge part of professional wrestling history uh former olympian 
just very, very sad. So our thoughts and condolences are with uh, his family and friends at this time. Still, though, Justin, nothing will beat that moment with the oh the slap the the slap heard around the world. Uh, yeah, Doctor David Schultz had the uh, slap heard around the world, and Iron Sheik said, "Hold my beer, Baba. I'm about to make the Eric Sims humble, Baba." Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Fuck Yo, how about how about this, man? How about this? Uh, you know, because we're talking, you know, a little bit about figures and stuff because I, I bought that uh retro how about the announcement with high spots with nails dude this came right out of nowhere nails has pretty much been in hiding ever since he smacked the shit out of it a lot of slapping on this show today <laughs> <laughs> but uh ever since nails slapped the shit out of vince and you know appeared in court for the steroid trial we haven't seen Nails. Like, he has been in hiding. But uh, as High Spot said, Nails has been paroled, and he will be making his first public appearance in, God, is, is it really, like, 30 years? You know? Uh, but his first public appearance in probably 30 years at the WrestleCon SummerSlam weekend in Detroit. So, definitely a, a high pro I don't want to say a high profile name but definitely somebody everyone's going to be after that weekend it's probably going to be the most fucking Hasbro's in one room ever oh 100% also I've got two going yeah we uh did you bring up the major bendy I did on her Facebook at facebook.com slash perch on the top rope Okay, I don't know if you saw it. So the Major Bendy, too, it has, like, the uh, the yellow card Hasbro-style packaging, which oh, I think really? really cool. I only saw the drawing of the figure that uh, High Spots uh, posted. I, I haven't seen the packaging or anything. I understand you can get it um, that pre-order for that fairly cheap. It was, like, $60. Yep. Um. And if you're getting something signed, uh, they are doing inscriptions, I noticed as well. The only problem is I don't know what you get for an inscription for Nails. What do you get? His his fucking tag number? I was going to say the tag number, yeah. But I mean... Um, so I'm sending in two Hasbros. Uh, of course, now you can't find this Hasbro anywhere. If you're looking for one, good luck. As soon as it was announced, they were fucking gone on eBay. Oh yeah, and there's there's like there's one on eBay, and it's because person said screw it and put it up there for six hundred bucks. And I was just about to say that's the only one I saw on eBay that was uh, mint on card. Everything else was loose. Because um, in the video they they had openly said, yeah, his Hasbro is going to go for four to six hundred dollars now. And I was like, shit, man, I bought that thing when it was like a hundred bucks. When did it go up that much? And I had asked myself, when did it go up that much? And then I, I saw when the video played, and then I saw when like that $600 one went up, and I was like, oh, so it went up that much two hours ago, and he said that's what they're worth. Right. So I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of them. So I'm going to be uh, getting those bad boys signed. Can't wait. I have zero. I would like to say, you know, I can't wait for Nails to get to leave one day. 
but something tells me that's not going to happen. I agree with you. I agree 100%. Unless I, uh, it's a slapping action or something like that. I uh, find it interesting. I, I'm very excited. And it's really cool that he's getting his first action figure in 30 years. Yeah, since the Hasbro. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, is there any, any signings or any figures that you're looking forward to coming up? Uh, so we talked about the wrestling classic earlier. Uh, after that, we have icons of wrestling in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, a lot of AEW names and, you know, at this point, fingers crossed, no one gets pulled. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs actually was pulled already for that show, which is kind of disappointing, but, uh, they have, uh, Britt Baker, DMD, uh, Ty Mello, Sammy Guevara, Lita, you know, quite the lineup. Ryback and whoever's a fan of him. <laughs> I I like Ryback, but you know, maybe, maybe a bunch of other people watching or listening aren't a fan. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm just saying. But <laughs> look, I I like if Ryback. If for some reason you are listening to the show, I promise I am a fan of you. Please do not hurt me when I see you in a few weeks. <laughs> He's not. He's got us blocked on Twitter. Oh, well, maybe that's a good thing in this this case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. uh, Yeah, Icons of Wrestling, they have a pretty solid lineup right now. So if you're in the Philadelphia area on July 1st, uh, definitely uh, make your way over to the 2300 Arena. Uh, Be advised, it is the same day as Money in the Bank, which has an earlier start time than usual, which will be 3 p.m. in the afternoon due to it being in the U.K., so... Definitely, you know, try to make a day out of that. But uh, very exciting stuff. Yeah, very, uh, very excited. I uh, I apologize. I'm actually uh, looking at my order update for my Cody Rhodes Elite action figure. And, uh, of course, there's a delay in the item. I placed the order April 16th, by the way. I was uh, going to say, didn't you order that a while ago? Yeah. Uh, the figure was scheduled to be here June 9th. Uh, obviously, that is not happening now. Uh, this is the, the notification I got. Uh, we thought you should know that there's a delay with the items listed below. You'll need to approve this delay so that we can continue processing this part of your order. We apologize for any inconvenience. To see the list, blah, 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 below. Items order, WWE Cody Rhodes Elite Action Figure. Uh, they need my approval by blah, 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 July 9th. Update order. I don't even know what this is going to do. Little disclaimer, Lee may not have his uh, Elite 101 Cody Rhodes yet, but that does not mean there is a shortage on Cody Rhodes figures. Uh, Ringside Collectibles actually started shipping out their Defining Moments 4-pack this week, which is exclusive to their site. Uh, Four figures, you have Mankind from King of the Ring 1998 and Hell in a Cell. 
Shawn Michaels from the Royal Rumble in 97 in San Antonio, Bret Hart from WrestleMania 8 against Roddy Piper, and as most recent will know, Cody Rhodes, Hell in a Cell 2022 uh, with the torn pack and all. Uh, so if you're interested, if you're looking for a Cody Rhodes, definitely hop on that. You know, he is a little broken, but, you know, do the job. Uh, Mattel Creations will also be shipping his Ultimate Edition soon, which is based off of his WrestleMania return from last year in Dallas. Yeah. So I don't know why I had to approve this. Like, I had to prove that my item is going to be later than expected. Amazon does that. I don't. I don't know why. Like, all I want is the goddamn figure. If I have to wait any longer, I'm just going to buy the damn thing on eBay. Signed. There's one signed on eBay. You might get Stardust before you get Cody Rhodes. For real, dude. Like, absolutely insane. You know? Just absolutely insane. Um, I didn't think, you know, that's literally become, like, the hardest figure to get is that Cody Rhodes Elite. And it's not even that great of a figure, in all honesty. Uh, well, I mean, I can't figure out why. Why it's such a hard figure to get. It's got to be just the fact that it's his first Elite since returning to the company. Because, I mean, you look at the figure. It has, you know, generic Cody, weight belt, no jacket, no accessories. Like, it's literally just a, we got to get a Cody Rhodes Elite elite out there as soon as possible and this is what they got yeah but you know also in figure news ringside collectibles also started shipping the blood and guts two-pack with mjf and cm punk this week based off of their dog collar match at revolution last year I'm kind of glad I held off ordering it because I've seen a few uh, people getting errors. I saw one with two CM Punks in it. And then I saw <laughs> one with the same MJF head. How does that even happen? Not sure, but it happened somehow. Like, that's insane. I mean, good for them that, you know, getting errors like that because. I like error cars. I, I love I love those. I love how can you not? Right. You know, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of error carded figures. I'm a huge fan of all that type type of stuff. I think it's really, really uh really, really cool to to have though those type of things. So those fans that got them, I would say that they're, you know, pretty fucking lucky, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, that's just me, though. Like, I'd also be mad because, like, I want a regular one. But, like, hey, I'm not sending this one back. Can you send me, like, what I ordered? Hey. Yeah, it... I also thought about this real quick. You know the WWE Classics? The uh, classic super the jacks, yeah. yeah. You know how those cases are extremely hard to find. Yeah. Someone has made cases for them. I saw them in a figure group. I have the guy's name. 
uh, and I messaged him about it, but he's making cases for the WWE classics at $11 a case. Wow. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. I need cases for like the earlier release is what I need. Oh, I need cases for everything, dude. I got, I need cases from series one to, which is like what, 2009, 2010. I need cases for every fucking series out there that WWE's done for the different box variations. Like series one through nine was a different box. Series 10 through 19 was a different box. 20 to 29 different, you know, and so on and so forth. So like, I need like, I need all those different cases. Dude, we talk about how these this box, the shape and the size change. So I, I mentioned the defining moments a little while ago that Ringside started shipping. You wouldn't believe how much these defining moment boxes have shrunk over the years. Like from the initial run to like where they had a few in like say 2016, 2017, to like how small they are now. It's crazy. Well, have you seen the elite cases that um Heroes Hideout does. Yeah. I actually really like those. I, I do too. And I want to get I want to get a, a good amount of them for my 2020 leads. Yeah, and they fit the WWE Legends series. So fans, yeah. what these cases look like. Um, you've seen like the ringside collectibles, how like they have like that they fold over and like there's like the flap and uh they got the triangles, so like you can hang them on the wall type deal. Um these ones literally hug the figure box and you still have a space between like if you get an autograph there's still like a little gap between you know so like the the autograph isn't touching on the plastic where it's like rubbing off and stuff like that this case is such a room saver justin it's insane right like you know the the cardboard uh, boxes that you can get at like Target and stuff, like where they have the figures on display. Yeah. I've got uh, two of those. I got two different ones, and you can't take a twenty twenty elite in a case and put it in those. But in a case with the heroes hideout protectors, you can put that in that those cardboard displays that they have at like Walmart and target and things like that. And I know because it fit, because I've got my, I've got autographed Samu's autographed Fatu's um, in those, in the heroes hideout case and they fit perfect. So it's really, really cool. They're a room saver. They are a room saver. You know, if you're someone like me who doesn't have a lot of space, uh, these cases are perfect. Now I, I have, um, bookshelves and stuff that I made myself that are in in the wall in walls and stuff like that and then uh, I did all like iron pipe shelving these cases in the bookcase I could fit twice as many figures in with the hero's hideout protectors than I could any other protector there's no way I could do it and it's just they're they're really really cool. I would honestly hate to try and take them out of the case though, because it looks like it's kind of complicated to even put it together. But yeah, uh, I damn. would say for for something like that, wait until you get the figure signed before you put it in a case. Yeah, they do save room though. They save a lot of room. They um, do. Which I 
I don't think I'll switch all my cases, but anything for 2020 and Legend series, I'll buy those cases all day. The Heroes Hideout ones, they're really, really good. Um, Which means, everyone, you can fit a brand new Legends modern day Ted DiBiase in one of those cases, one of Lee's favorite figures this year. Ladies and gentlemen, if you watched uh, on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope, we have a video of Justin and I at uh, WrestleMania, uh, the Superstore, where we got to see exclusive figures early before anybody else. And this was one of the figures, and you can really hear my reaction in the video. So go check that out. I, no, that's that's the worst fucking figure. Terrible figure. Why? What, what like uh, Justin tell me when the fuck have you ever seen a modern day million dollar man in one of his 1990 suits that actually looked really good because you know what all we get is this cheap fucking JC Penney's bought and fucking suit jacket with some goddamn super glue and fucking gold glitter of a dollar sign on it Bro, I'm the million dollar man no no you're not the million dollar man you're you're the you're the fucking EBT dollar man because that's what you're going to be when this fucking jail shit all happens with your sons and you. That's why you got this fucking you're the million dollar man if we ordered you off wish now. Oh my god. All right. No, I'm sorry, man. Like I understand that like he didn't make the suits and WWE probably has all the suits and this and that. But like it's like when you go to fucking meet Axe and Smash Demolition, they fucking just completely half-ass the paint on their goddamn face. And sometimes they don't even wear the paint. Yeah, and who wants to fucking see that? <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I know I'm bashing on these legends, ladies and gentlemen, but I am actually huge fans. Uh, we've interviewed Axe and Smash uh, Demolition, so uh, don't hate us too much. But, like, in all seriousness, like, when, like... I, you know, they're legends and they're older and everything. But, like, if I'm going to meet you, man, like, I want to... Obviously, I know I'm not meeting you in your prime. Like, that. those days of... It's like me, that's like meeting me in my prime now. Like, I'm fucking 38 cat dad bod. Compared to when I was 27, I had veins up the sides of my abs. Like, those days are gone. And those aren't coming back. That's, like... That, that's what it is. Like, you know... And I understand, like, I also wouldn't want to see them, like in the BDSM gear now. Even though they do wear it from time to time. You know, in the I hope with a t-shirt on. <laughs> you know, in the early 90s, like as a kid, it would have been great to meet them when they're like that, but you meet them as an adult, you're kind of like, all right, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, in regards to what you said about Ted, uh, now he just kind of wears like a black, all black suit. And I kind of look at it as NWO Ted DiBiase uh, aged up. Yeah, with just nothing but fucking a super glued fucking million dollar, a fucking mil a dollar sign in gold fucking glitter. Yeah. He, he, That's he all it is. Probably should have what Nikolai Volkov had, the t-shirt with the cents on it. <laughs> the million dollar corporation. That was, that was funny, because like if you remember the story, like he like basically won Nikolai and like he was like Virgil 2.0 right. at that time. You know what I mean? Like absolutely wild. Uh, in all seriousness, would you rather take, because they're actually both chases in their respective lines. 
Would you rather take that modern day Ted DiBiase or the elite one of two Austin Fury? Honestly, Elite 102 Austin Theory, I would take over. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, if you remember my reaction when we saw that thing of Austin Theory with the faces, I would gladly take that over that modern day million dollar man in that fake wannabe suit that he's, I've not seen him wear since 19 fucking 92. Since, by the way, since he was, I haven't seen him in that green fucking suit since that motherfucker was a Hasbro, okay? <laughs> And by the way, you want to know what's stamped on his ass? Hold on. I need like a magnifying glass. I'm getting older here. Yep. You heard it, everyone. Lee is. In, uh, oh, by the way, not 1992. The last time his ass was seen in a green fucking suit was 1991. Okay. 19 fucking 91. He was last seen in this fucking green suit. Okay. With the million dollar belt. And the fucking, the silver glittery fucking folded up part of the suit jacket with the green money sign. Not him at fucking 65, 70 years old, for Christ's sakes. You heard it here, everyone. Lee was just inspecting the million dollar man's ass. You're damn right I was. I want an accurate date of the last time he was in that suit. And it just so happens it's pegged on his ass. Yeah, I'm using the term pegged. He was it's pegged on his ass 1991. Look, the chase in that set is uh the white and gold suit from SummerSlam 92. So at least you have uh which about time we got that suit. Why couldn't we get him like why couldn't the chase be him modern in the green suit? Why is it got to be a fucking geriatric fucking old motherfucking million dollar man, which by the way, no. It's a chase I don't even want. But I got to buy it because he's still alive and I got to get it fucking signed. Oh, my God. Well, you Thanks, see, if Mattel. They, if, Thanks. They made, if they made the modern-day million-dollar man as, like, the chase and it had, like, the modern body, they would have to make a bigger torso. In a shittier suit. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's fine. That's cool. But, like, they could have made it... Like, they could have made the chase... Fucking Brett in a jumpsuit. But then again, that'd look too close to nails. <laughs> God. Ship, I don't, dude, it just makes me mad. You know, just like, I don't get it. I don't, it's like, it's like, it's trying to understand fucking Natalie Nightheart's career in WWE. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, Lee is just coming at legends, second generation stars all up in the show today. (laughs) Spank my ass and call me Rob Hockman, former WWE writer, because that's how I feel today. I'm just shitting on everything. Literally, just I'm just going to fucking drop drawers. Oh, you're related to wrestling? Oh, my God. I love wrestling. I really do. It's just like. I just don't understand why that's a chase. Like, I don't, I don't before that, that figure comes out, I better see him on WWE TV in that green motherfucking suit if that's what's going to happen. You know you won't. Yeah, I know. Um, speaking of loving professional wrestling, uh, before we kind of get ready to wrap everything up, I do just want to bring up AEW has a pay-per-view coming up. 
uh, next week with AEW XNJPW Forbidden Door, which is the second edition of the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Joint Show. Uh, great card so far. The first two matches, and I said it in the chat, are literally match of the year contenders and could make this show of the year. Uh, if you remember Wrestle Kingdom at the beginning of the year, we had Kenny Omega defeating Will Ospreay for the United States Championship, and we're getting the rematch on this show for Forbidden Door, uh, as well as a first time ever what some are calling a dream match, and I'm entitled to agree with them, uh, Brian Danielson taking on Kazuchika Okada. Oh, hell yeah. And both of those matches are going to be fucking bangers alone. Uh, you have MJF, he'll be defending the World AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And uh, Sonata, the New Japan World Champion, will be taking on, and I feel like Lee's going to have something to say about it, he'll be taking on Jungle Boy with Hook in his corner. I got nothing, no. <laughs> You'll hear me talk about that next week. <laughs> you got nothing. Right now is not the time. Harry? I'm already like I'm already on a fucking rampage. No <laughs> pun intended for the show that's coming up in a few hours. No. We'll save it for our predictions next week. Uh Justin, if you're with me or not. Um I hope you are. If not, uh I hope you listen because I yeah, you'll hear you'll hear me go off. I, I knew you were gonna have something about that. Yeah, Jungle Boy and Hook. Why? No. You know, Where's Dan House? You don't like Dan House and not like. Off, go, fu- go no, go fuck yourself. You don't like Jungle Hook. <laughs> I I preferred Hook and better. Well, sorry, the other one's injured, but I'm... I don't care about fucking. Honestly, you know what? Now we're going there. Now it's happening. Look, okay. I see what I did, everyone. I got him going. <laughs> First off, I don't understand the pairing of... It's the play on the name. Jungle Book, Jungle Hook. Okay, so why not fucking change his name to Peter Pan, cut his goddamn hair, and then you got fucking Peter Pan and Hook fucking teaming together, okay? If we're going to go with this Disneyland fucking fairy princess bullshit, okay? (laughs) What am I going to do? With Jungle Boy Jack Perry. What by the way, why why are we still using the name Jungle Boy? Like it, I if he doesn't come out on a fucking Velociraptor and fucking like weeds spread out for his entrance, and, and, and no, drop the Jungle Boy name, number I one. Mean, he used to have a dinosaur. But then his dinosaur became evil. That's for another time. <laughs> Right now, we need oh, to talk about jungle. I brought Hulk, up Luchasaurus. Lee's gonna explode. A, 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 yeah, first off, I I need to get through Jungle Hook. This Disney bullshit that fucking AEW is going with what? Because WWE didn't fucking go with Disney because they didn't sell to Disney. Is that what we're going with? So we're making fun of it. So now AEW is just gonna have a bunch of fucking Disney themed fucking tag teams. I can't wait for the hundred one Dalmatians. What fucking tag team is that going to be? Who are we changing the ass boys to? The fucking fox and the hound? Huh? What, Sahim Singh going to be fucking Aladdin? Can't wait for fucking uh, FTR and uh, 
the fucking Lion King. Because what, Jay White and fucking uh, Jay White is uh, Mustafa and fucking Jeff Jarrett are the fucking laughing hyenas with his wife, by the way. Is that what we're going to go with? Like, is that what's going to happen? Uh, I think I can't, looking... really, I can't really wait for fucking uh, Sammy Guevara and fucking Ty Conti to sit there and fucking eat some spaghetti and kiss each other. Like two fucking dogs. Go ahead and laugh. I, I'm laughing too, man. I'm laughing on the inside, actually. <laughs> yeah, anymore. <laughs> I think you're looking a little too much into the Disney comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just, I couldn't help it, man. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, what do you like? Tony Khan's going to come out dressed like fucking Corella DeVille or something. No, he's Walt Disney. No, that's not Vince McMahon, by the way. I know the mustache is a little confusing, but he's not Walt Disney. Uh, that would confuse me, by the way. Like, fucking Walt Disney reincarnated and he's Vince McMahon. I saw a photo of Vince because I guess they updated the uh, the profiles on the WB corporate website. Oh, yeah. He's got the paper thin stash. And I swear to God, I thought it was Walt Disney at first. Yeah. Yeah. Walt Disney has reincarnated into Vince McMahon. They like unfroze Walt Disney and he just looked like Vince McMahon and they took Vince McMahon and swapped him into the cold chamber. I was going to say, Vince McMahon's, like, head is going to be frozen in WB headquarters one day. <laughs> so, like, we're going to hear, like, when we go to hear Vince McMahon say, Mankind's going to be keeping it safe in the boiler room. <laughs> uh, we're going to hear, we're going to hear Walt Disney's voice instead of Vince when he says you're fired. I don't know what Walt Disney sounded like, but I, I have no clue. So I can't even contribute to that. I don't even know if I could. I don't even know if I could do the voice. I know I can do Vince, but um, yeah, no, I just, I don't know, man. It that is what it is. I'm gonna leave it at that. That is what it is there. And uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will be uh, doing the predictions for. Uh, Forbidden Door with AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk more about AEW Fight Forever, the video game, as uh, I've been watching a lot of footage online. And I know we kind of did like a small preview, but I think next week I'm going to like go more in depth from like what I've been watching, like what I like and what I dislike. And this is, by the way, fans, I haven't even played the game. Uh, this is just going off of watching gameplay footage from AEW stars, from uh, Chris Danger, and from the likes of New Legacy Inc. So make sure you uh, tune in next week for that. You know, it's it's funny. This this game release date is like fastly approaching, and it's a game we've waited for for like two, three years now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the wait better have been worth it. Because if not, if you thought that rant about Jungle Boy was anything, trust me, I can really rant if I don't like a fucking video game. So I'm going to talk about my likes and dislikes already that I'm seeing from the game. Uh, I can't tell you anything about gameplay, though. I don't I have not played it, but just from the visuals and what I've watched. Any sort of news that happens, uh, any sort of figures and stuff like that, we'll uh, we'll be sharing with you guys. So, ladies and gentlemen. 
Make sure you check us out on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope. Like and subscribe. Go comment on all our videos. We're about to have a bunch of videos of Justin and I meeting WWE superstars, Impact superstars, AEW superstars, all sorts of wrestlers. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff coming up. As I said, Justin has, you know, he's got a bunch of shows within 10 days coming up with AEW. Uh, he is known as Mr. 115 now, I believe. I Mr. 115. Bro, I don't even know. I think I'm 114 right now. But All right. So he's Mr. I, he's I, Mr. 114. On top of all the AEW shows, I'm going to SmackDown, too, at Madison Square Garden in a few weeks. Okay, so that right there, ladies and gentlemen, we'll put Justin at the end of two weeks. We'll be at 120 wrestling shows <laughs> that he's been to. So make sure you check out all his stuff uh, at In Justin We Trust on YouTube. Make sure you like and follow us. Anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. All you got to do is just download, tune in, and listen. And for all of those who have kept us on your Chartables Top 250 in Wrestling Podcast, we thank you. You can also find us on Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. It's facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. We're on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on TikTok. It's perched on the top rope where we have hilarious uh, wrestling videos of on this day, uh, some sarcastic posts with um, did you know? And there's also Selena scenes where we recreate the best wrestling moments in, in history using Celine Dion's music. My heart will go on because that makes everything better. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can also find on the YouTube channel all our awesome interviews that we've done with professional wrestlers from AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and more. You can also check unboxing videos from Justin and I unboxing from our, our wrestling collection and getting to see what we have and what we just picked up. So make sure you tune in, ladies and gentlemen. This is Perched on the Top Rope. Spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. We are out.